0: Yell at sends one to right center and deep. Get up!
1: Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. The podcast not only for diehard Brewer fans, but also for those fans, enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. My name is Tyler, a.k.a. t your host for the show. I'm a contributor for reviewing the brew for Fansided and one of the founders of the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy podcast. You can find all the work we do on Twitter at Trilogy_Pod. pod. Joining me, as always, is good buddy Trevor, a.k.a. Sunshine Bender, You can find him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy podcast where lots of exciting things are happening currently right now as we are in week two of the NFL season. But we are winding down on this Brewers series and exciting things are finally happening for us. But before we get to all of the action, how are you doing today, buddy?
0: Well, I mean, you just mentioned it. There's exciting things happening in Wisconsin sports, and as a human being that is entirely too reliant on how his sports teams doing. I mean, I'm doing great. Brewers win four in a row. Packers start the year two and zero. Oh. Um, it'd be great to have the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals right now, but I, I I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Just got back from. A very, very relaxing and much-needed vacation up in Eagle River. Um, Had a great time out on the lakes, you know, just sitting, enjoying the weather. Well, some days enjoying the weather, you know, getting out, seeing nature a little bit. It it was a very good uh, vacation for me, and Wisconsin sports teams are doing very well, which makes it
1: that much better. It certainly does, and... Yeah, it looked like you had a great time on vacation and well-deserved there for you. I think I'm going to need a vacation soon for, as you know, I just became a puppy parent with my wife today, so my nights of getting long hours of sleep are probably officially over as we're going to be going in full training mode here. So we'll see how she handles the podcast, if we get any barks or anything crazy happening as we pod, but just kind of a fair warning with that right there. Yeah, and especially
0: being today is the first day that your cats and your dog is meeting.
1: That, that could definitely make its way onto the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. All right, so let's get into the action here. We have a Brewers winning streak to talk about. They sweep the Royals over the weekend. And while the finish was glorious, man, game one started off... To put it quite frankly, like absolute shit. The first, Royals, the first three Royals all reached base and ended up scoring in the first inning on Friday night's game. There was a Merrifield single, Mondesi walk, and then Perez doubled them both home. And then shortly after that, we have Jacob Nottingham that threw a ball to try and catch a runner stealing, and the ball ends up in center field. Hunter, Do- Hunter Dozier comes in to score off that and then you have Ryan Braun out there playing with back cramps, and he has an air. And ugh, I was just so frustrated at that point. We're in like the fourth inning as all this is going on. But then literally the Brewers just flip a switch. And in the bottom of the fourth, they score six runs in a no, or in a large part due to a Jacob Nottingham grand slam. And then they have three more runs in the fifth, thanks to an Orlando Garcia, two out, three run at homer. So the Brewers would cruise from there. They did pitch Josh Hader in the ninth inning, despite being up five runs in that game on Friday night. Game two was a 5-0 to zero shutout. It was Corbin Burns' day, and he was painting the edges with his cutter early, and you could just really tell it was going to be a good day for him. Ends up going six innings, striking out nine, Zero walks, which is huge for him. Offensively, the Brewers picked up a cheap run in the third on what should have been a ground ball double play with runners on second and third. But that's when the two royal defenders collided and then Urias ends up scoring on that wild throw over to first. And then the Brewers kind of stand pat until the 8th when they put up four insurance runs as Jacob Nottingham again delivers, this time with a double to score Orlando Arcia, And then Mr. Ryan September Braun golfs a three-run homer into left center. And Sunday, Brewers pull out the sweep with a 5-3 victory. They get all of their offense off of two separate Vogel bombs. One was a two-run homer and the other one was a three-run homer. Lindblom was solid for the crew, giving up one run, and then he was kind of piggybacked with Freddie Peralta. The Royals got two runs in the ninth off Brett Suter, but then the Brewers would hold on to secure the sweep. So what else do you want to add to this series here? That Friday
0: game where it started out terribly, I was just trying to enjoy my last day on vacation, and those first you know, three-and-a-half innings or so was pretty rough, and we got to, you know, that fourth inning before the Brewers actually came to bat, and I'm like, okay, we need to start doing something. We need to play a card game or something because this is pissing me off. And next thing you know, you know, the Brewers go off in, in the bottom of the fourth with, I think, Christian Yelich started that off with a solo home run, and then, like you said, the Nottingham four run, or the Grand Slam, excuse me, that was that was great stuff um, and exciting And then when the fifth happened, I'm like, okay, wait, this is good. This is two in a row. That's awesome. You know, let's win the series at that point because I've been used to getting way too excited this year for when the Brewers start to show a little something. And then they just kind of fall straight back down to what we had been seeing before that. But, you know, they go out. Corbin Burns does a great, great job in game two. Allows the Brewers to have, I believe, what was their fourth shutout of this season? Maybe it was the fifth. Um, But somewhere in there for a big game to win and then coming out. It would have been nice to not give up that two-run home run, win five to one, not have to see Josh Hader come out, even if it was like four pitches or whatever he threw. I Overall, I think it's awesome I think we saw them win a few different ways you know coming from behind in that first game getting enough offense in game two with great pitching and then just kind of a mix in game three pretty good pitching with what turned out to be great offense from Chris Farley oh I mean Dale Vogelbach god (laughs) I swear to
1: god he looks just like Chris Farley (laughs) Oh, you're not wrong on that. He's he's one beefy dude. We'll just leave that at that for Vogelbach. I'm glad you brought the offense. Like it's good to see us finally get going and it's not just like one guy. I mean, look at the series Nottingham, five RBIs, Vogelbach, five RBIs, Arcia four RBIs this series, Braun with three. It's and then besides that, you have guys getting on base because they obviously need to bring these guys in somehow. And they're making the most out of their hits, finally hitting for some power, hitting into the gaps. It, it feels like this Brewer's offense is starting to hit its stride at probably the right time of the year here now.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And, and he's gotten a lot of love over the last few series, but I think Ryan Braun is a big part of that. You know, even when he was having issues with his back, he still went two for two that game. He he has really done a great job recently for the Brewers. Basically, off September, he's been the guy that's, you know, won them multiple games already, and I don't expect that to change. But like you said, there was a little bit more consistent offense. You know, you look back, they scored nine in game one, five in game two, five in game three. You, you put that out there, even with and I'm sure we'll get to this, you know, three of your five starters struggling, even with that, if you're putting up nine, five, and five on a more consistent basis, that's going to be a lot easier to win more games, And, and you can win games nine to five then. You know, you can win some of those more higher run games at the beginning of the year, and even into the middle to middle late of the year, we didn't expect that other than those two big outbursts of 19 and 18 runs we hadn't seen any offense and we finally saw offense for a whole series which is just great to see and it's something that we needed and i i'm gonna take credit for this because i said i had no faith in the offense and i just brought it to life and they must have heard me and now they're playing great (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right, we'll give you the credit, because you did talk a lot about how you thought this Brewers pitching staff was going to have to carry us, and they're definitely holding their end up for sure, but the off when you have the offense, that, that makes their job a lot easier, like you said. So speaking of making the job easier, I've been really impressed with Jacob Nottingham. I mean, not only did his offense come alive this series, yeah. I mean, he had the grand slam, and it seems like this season when he is making hits, he's making the most out of them. I think on the year he only had, like, he only has like seven hits but five of them are for extra bases four of them are homers one's a double his barrel percentage is something ridiculous like 19 percent, and his slugging is damn near 600 obviously a really small sample size but that has to give you a little bit of confidence knowing that he's not just gonna go up there at goose egg and we know defensively he's gonna be fantastic he's ranked in the 91st percentile in pitch framing per baseball savant and He's been proven to work well with all the other pitchers, not just as Corbin Burns' personal catcher, which he kind of is at this point, too. Um, but what are your overall thoughts here on Nottingham? Did his offensive outburst this series really kind of help raise his stock for you, or were you sitting with him?
0: As far as catcher of the future, I'm not really sure like what his role is going to be beyond 2020. But I know... He defensively, he's doing a great job. You know, I think on every broadcast, Rock is like, I don't understand how he blocks that ball with his knee on on the ground. He just does, but he does it. And he does it very consistently. As you mentioned, you know, pitch framing has been good. I think you mentioned that on Twitter. And then also offensively, he's done more than Omar Nervais has done. Like, and it's not even close. So I think he's kind of got to be your 2020 rest of the year main catcher because as much as we wanted Omar Narvaez to be a big part of this offense, he hasn't been. He's been pretty bad this year, and yeah, you have to ride the hot hand. You need wins. You need to ride the hot hand, and right now that's Jacob Nottingham behind the plate. He is He definitely deserves all of the playing time behind the plate that he can get.
1: I I agree. It's like the youthful version of like when we acquired Eric Kratz, like he was hot all of a sudden and the Brewers just kind of rode it into the postseason. And maybe they're looking to do the same with Jacob Nottingham. And he is playing a very big part of why these Brewers pitchers are finding success. I mean, they're rookie pitchers. We have three of them with ERAs under two. Devin Williams season ERA 0.39. Drew Rasmussen, 1.98. Eric Yardley, still a rookie, 1.80. So, I mean, Nottingham's probably worked here with Corbin Burns, obviously, the most. But coming up through the minors here, I mean, I'm sure he's met with those guys and working in, like, spring training. Uh, has maybe a little bit more experience working with those guys than anybody else on the Brewers catching staff, even when Manny Pena was here. But if you had to fast-forward here into a postseason matchup, let's say the Brewers get into the wild card. It's a best-of-three series. We pitch Woodruff and Burns in Game 1 and Game 2, and we split. So we come down to Game 3. It's winner go home. Who are you going to send to the mound as your starter in this scenario?
0: Well, I'm going to hope to God that Woodruff and Burns can get the job done in the first two games. <laughs> oh, in terms of, a, I have a couple different options here, and I do not love either one of them. The first one, if I have to pick a true starter, I would probably go with Brett Anderson. I love Adrian Hauser's stuff, but he just doesn't have it this year. And hopefully he can get to the pitching lab and figure it out and get back to that guy we saw in 2019 or closer to that guy. And, but I, ju- I just don't think he has it this year, and I will not trust him to be out there. Um, so my decision was basically, for starters, between Brett Anderson and Josh Lindblom. And I don't love either one of those. I'm leaning towards Brett Anderson, but not extremely heavily. I think Lindblom had a good outing against the Royals, but I don't love either one of those options. What I think it might happen is, even if it is Anderson or Lynn Bloom I think that's going to be a majority bullpen game if those guys get into any trouble at all counsel's going to go straight to the bullpen he won't care if they've thrown 20 pitches in the first inning and he it's it's going to be a bullpen game unless those starters can figure something out and actually look good in an outing which I don't know if we've seen them look truly good for a full outing I don't even know how long we've <laughs> it or if all we've seen either one of those be really really good this year
1: yeah a green a game 3 winner go home scenario is scary to think about starting pitching wise so I'm in the same boat I Brett Anderson was the guy who came to mind with me as well too and you know, it's not like you'd be expecting him to do a Woodruff and Burns would in this game. Like you said, he's if he goes five innings, that'd be fantastic. But even if he only goes like three, okay, you can just piggyback him with Freddie Peralta or Drew Rasmussen or someone of the opposite hand with a lot of velocity, and kind of work it that way in in the scenario. Of course, it'll depend on who you're playing as well and and matchups and whatnot. Uh, But Brad Anderson, I agree, was kind of the guy who came to mind with me as well. Let's shift it back here to this Royal Series. Let's wrap it up with our Series MVP. And Series Dud. So, MVP, who do you got? Uh, There's a
0: lot to choose from in this series. That's... That is awesome. When we have this kind of bevy of offensive guys to choose from, I definitely think Corbin Burns needs to be talked about a little bit here. I feel like I've chose him a lot recently, and this entire season I felt like I chose Corbin Burns a ton. But he's going to be honorable mention for me. He was just so impressive. I think he got on Pitching Ninja like 18 times in this last outing. That's how good he was. His stuff was awesome. You know, nine strikeouts in six innings. And that's kind of what I expect from him from here on out. Whether that be in the regular season, game two of a postseason matchup, that's that's what I expect from Corbin Burns. And that's awesome. Considering this time last year, we had no idea what to expect from him moving forward. Um, other than that, You mentioned briefly Drew Rasmussen. I think he's been pitching extremely well, not coming in in super high leverage situations, but I think they're working him up to that. So that'll be a fun little thing to watch, and I've really enjoyed watching him pitch. He's done extremely well, as you mentioned earlier, under that two ERA at 1.98. But for me, I I just have to go with Jacob, Jacob Nottingham. The... Five RBIs is huge, and four of those in an absolutely huge spot. The error hurts a little bit, but overall, I just love his play behind the plate. I love what he's doing at the plate. Um, one or Two other guys offensively that definitely need to be mentioned, Ryan Braun and Daniel Vogelbach, are two guys that have been playing extremely well as well. You know, Braun has a home run and three RBIs, Vogelbach, the two home runs and five RBIs. And it'll be interesting to see how they kind of figure out this playing time
1: moving forward between some of these guys that are getting hot at the right time. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Nottingham. I mean, we'd be, we wouldn't be would be doing ourselves any favor if we didn't. And he was an honorable mention for me. And, man, I just love watching him and Burns work together. Like, there are so many backdoor cutters right on the edge that should have been called for strike three in his start that just for whatever reason, weren't. And it's not like they were borderline. So, like, Burns really should have had double-digit strikeouts in his start. Um, I think there was, for some reason, the first time all season, the umps just tightened the strike zone that game, which was just very bizarre and out of the ordinary. I think for me... I'm going with braun again this is three series in a row and this kind of has like the nostalgic effect of this was maybe the last series he ever plays in Miller Park question mark it, it could have been I don't know if the Brewers will play there in the postseason or not if they can host the wild card series uh, to be determined there but it has a 500 batting average over the weekend as we mentioned the three run bomb was just absolutely awesome playing through the back spasms and He was mic'd up for Sunday's game, and it was just good to to kind of get all of that with him this weekend. I do want to give a little bit of an honorable mention here to Christian Yelich. I know three and nine doesn't seem all that impressive, but he did have four walks. He was on base seven times this weekend, which you know the batting average is not going to be where we want it to be at the end of this year, even if he like hits out the rest of these eight games. But just getting on base and still working through it, I think, is good. And he started to make some, some louder contact here over the last couple series, and that home run was good to see. I think it was against a lefty again here as well, which he's been hitting them very good this season. So let's switch over to Duds. Who do you got? For me, it's not all that
0: close. And For this one, I, I don't have a ton of honorable mentions. So I'm just going to go right to my Series D. And that's Keston Hira. You know, for 11 with seven strikeouts, he did walk one time, but seven strikeouts, we just, he has done a very good job hitting the ball out of the ballpark this year. He leads the club in that regard. But when you're striking out that much and not even getting remotely productive outs, and a lot of times it feels like, you know, three or four pitches and he's striking out and just swinging. And I know. Pitchers have some nasty stuff that makes you swing at pitches that just it just looks bad. But I feel like you you go up 0-2 on Keston and you throw it in the dirt or throw two in the dirt and you're going to get a third a third strike swing and miss. And I, I think that's the scouting report because literally everyone throws a curveball in the dirt, slider in the dirt, something like that on 0-2, 1-2 and Keston swinging through it and walking to the bench. So for me – is a guy that we really had a lot of hopes for and needed to be good in order for this Brewers team to get where they wanted to go. He has just not been producing, and this series was not good at all. So my series dud is Keston Hira.
1: Yeah, I'm going to double down with you on Hira for series dud. And we even saw him drop down in the batting order this series. He was fifth now, I believe, all weekend. So, I mean, I think the strikeout totals are a big reason why, because now he had, I think, Jerko hitting ahead of him for the first two games, and Jerko's been making pretty good contact. Like, even when he's getting outs, at least he's putting the ball in play. He doesn't have the crazy high strikeout percentage like Hiera. But, of course, you know, Keston's still on top of the home run leaderboard and probably will end the year that way. Um, So, like, if these guys in front of him get on, you know, Just kind of moving him down the order I think makes sense and takes a little bit of pressure off him here because he's been anywhere from 2, 3, and 4 most of this season. And now he's, he's going to have less opportunities technically down a little bit in that fifth spot, but hopefully he's able to make the most out of him here over the next couple series. So we have the Reds coming up here. Three games. This is going to be the series of the year by far. And a reminder all of these are Eastern start times for they're in Cincinnati. So 5:40 starts on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. The Reds are who we're competing with here along with the Cardinals for that second spot in the division. So against the Reds, we will see Anderson versus DiScolfani, Woodruff versus Castillo and then Hauser versus Mall. The Reds have been playing really good baseball as of late, hence them creeping up in the standings here. They did it in large part due to a four-game sweep of the Pirates last week. They took two out of the three versus the Cardinals prior to that. And then over the weekend, they took two out of three versus the White Sox. So this is going to be a very competitive series. And what are you looking for in it?
0: You know, if you were to ask me this question on Wednesday or last week at this time, I would have said, man... The starting pitching needs to be great, and they need to get us at least two wins in this series. But right now, I, I just want to see the offense continue doing what they're doing. You know, you have to not really bank on it, um, but you, you got to hope Woody gets you a good five, six solid innings, run earned or less, because we need him to step up at this point. It's, it's go time for this team and Brandon Woodruff needs to be at the forefront of that. So you need to take advantage of that. And then we need that offense to keep going because we don't have great starting pitching after that for this year, Brett Anderson hasn't been very great, you know, 4.36 ERA on the year. Um, And then Adrian Hauser, who has been struggling, especially as of late, I know some of it has to do with some unlucky situations, but he still has to just pitch better, flat out. He needs to pitch better, and it has not been pretty as of late, and he needs to figure that out because this is a huge series, as you mentioned, and it is the big, biggest series of the year to this point. But you get done with this series, and then you're going to have the actual, probably biggest series of the year in that five games against the Cardinals directly after this three-game set in
1: Cincinnati. I'm having anxiety just thinking about that Cardinals series already, so let's focus on the Reds here for today. De Scalfani has an ERA, I think, of like six or seven, so that first game on Monday, I feel like that's the Brewers need to start the series off on a good note, because game two, Woodruff versus Castillo, is a battle of two aces. Castillo's been pitching incredible his last two or three starts here. And the Brewers have not been winning when Woodruff's on the mound. So if you can sneak out these first two games here and then, hey, maybe Adrian Hauser just finds himself in game three and doesn't, then at least you have the first two games taken care of at this point. So we'll see what ends up happening there. The Reds offense has, hasn't been playing up to expectations as they had a whole bunch of free agent signings in the offseason Mike Moustakis is like hitting just barely above 200 he's been banged up most of the year still Uh, Nick Cassiano started the year off extremely hot but his power numbers have certainly dipped down after that so while on paper you look at the names of the Reds offense it makes you go I don't know I I think there is some opportunity here for this Brewers pitching staff to have some, some success and they really need to keep it going here as we approach the second-to-last series of the year. Yeah, they they definitely need to keep it going,
0: get that pitching staff some wiggle room, um, allow that bullpen, who has been pretty damn great in September, to continue doing what they're doing. And I think this might be the first opportunity for the Milwaukee Brewers to go above 500 in 2020. I'm not hundred percent certain on that, but they are 500 at this point, And I don't remember the last time they were above 500. So it would be awesome. Let's win games one and two, you know, and then if you are able to steal that game as well, you know, that puts you in very good spot that puts the pressure on the Cardinals moving forward as well. And, that kind of bumps the Reds kind of right out of there. Cause as of right now in win percentage, the Reds are 500. The Brewers are 500. The Reds have played two more games with a 27 and 27 record. Brewers are 26 and 26. So, you know, if you go out and sweep them, that kind of takes the Reds out of the running at that point. And that just means you got to go and win your games against the Cardinals. And at that point, if the Cardinals don't sweep, you're going to be tied. So, that means the Brewers would have to just win the series against the Cardinals. And I feel like that's a doable proposition at this point. And, you know, you would have said two weeks ago that the Brewers kind of control their own destiny. They just have to play well. They got to win the series against the Reds. If they sweep, that's great. And how the Cardinals do, you have to kind of figure out, What is going to happen moving forward that Cardinal series? Do you just have to win it? Are you going to have to take four or five? Are you going to have to sweep them to get in? What what is going to be the deal? I am just super excited to see how this stretch run plays out for the Brewers.
1: Yeah, we'll obviously know a lot more come Wednesday night when we next podcast here. But the Reds, after the Brewers, have the Twins. So you feel good about hopefully the Twins taking two out of those games. But like you said, it's all in the Brewers' hands. They can if they can just win enough games here, win both these series. You think that would be enough to get them in seeing how these are the two teams we are competing against here for that second spot in the NL Central and possibly that second spot in the wild card here as well. So once we know more here on Wednesday after this three-game set against the Reds, we will recap it and then preview the Cardinals series, which will by far be giving me anxiety all week long. So until we talk to you next time, we will see you later, Brewer fans. Trust in Burns.